What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. This is your host, Josh Shrinko. It's a four, or 5.30 in the morning. On my way to the <clears throat> infamous Tippecanoe River uh, to do some practice uh, for the IKA uh, Tippy Tournament. Um, so... <clears throat> really just wanted to uh kind of recite my game plan here today and tomorrow and you know these tournament diaries that I'm doing give you guys a little just insight on the you know what my mindset it is going into a tournament and then you know how I choose kind of my plan of attack um for those that don't know I live on the south side of Indianapolis in Greenwood and uh, I don't get up here near as much as I do some of the other rivers that I fish um, just because it's further away. And uh, I have been on the tippy, um, let's see here, I think three or four times this year um, so far. Uh, a, little, a little teaser, but I did buy a jet boat, if you guys saw that on... Uh, Instagram, but, um, I took, I bought my jet boat up near Chicago and on my way back home, I dropped it in the tippy and did a little bit of fishing the other night. But, uh, leading up to the tournaments, I like to get on the water as much as possible if I'm close enough, um, leading up to it. But because it's so far away, I just can't justify coming up here. I got to take a whole day to, to fish essentially which is fine, um, but I just don't have that many whole days I can, you know, just take off and dedicate to coming up here to fish, so the next best thing is to fish the day before the tournament, because, uh, you can, you know, get your pattern going, you know, the only benefit of maybe fishing earlier is you can get a better sense of, you know, where the fish are and stuff by, you know, seeing patterns and, you know, behavior and the weather's not going to change though. So this is going to be a pretty stable deal. If I can catch them today, figure out where they're at today, I'll be able to catch them tomorrow. And honestly, the stretches on this river are kind of limited. Um, there's a couple reservoirs, uh, that are dammed up and you can either go above the reservoirs or below the reservoirs. And, um, I haven't been above that much, but what I have seen above is a far inferior river up there. Uh, just really, not necessarily fish-wise, just like habitat-wise. And, you know, I don't have enough experience fishing it to really give a definitive opinion, but I ran my jet up there. Just kind of see what it was all about up um, near like Winnemac area. And it was really sandy. There was a lot of vegetation. Uh, I did catch a few smallmouth. Um, but it was just like one of those places I'm like, yeah, this isn't real promising. Whereas the lower section below the reservoirs, 
are, it's all good. Like, it's all, like, prime time habitat. So, you know, below the reservoirs, though, I mean, you only really have, uh, I think it's about 20 miles worth of river. And I, I know there's upwards of 50 guys signed up for this tournament, so I kind of expect to be fishing around people all day. Um, that's one reason I did have half a mind to go up above the reservoirs, but my jet boat trip there kind of sealed the deal for me. I, I just didn't think it was a good move. Uh, probably would catch fish, but um, like I said, I'd rather go ahead and fish around people um, and have a far superior river than try to go run away from everybody. And there's also no guarantees you might, you know, end up fishing with three or four people and it's a lot smaller river up there too so down here below the reservoirs it's it's a lot bigger but anyway so kind of no like limited to where I can fish <clears throat> whereas like White River there's a lot more diverse areas to fish and you can kind of leading up to the tournament you can kind of eliminate some areas depending on how they might be fishing at the time and all that stuff um, which, speaking of, the White River Tournament's in two weeks, so it's going to give me a very limited amount of time to practice for that. Um, <clears throat> everything's kind of crammed all into one, two or three week period. Um, but anyways, today the plan is I'm meeting up with Alex Deneau. Uh, he's becoming a regular character on the podcast. Uh, <clears throat> but we, uh, planned on fishing with a bunch of guys up here and we kind of got got a big flake out uh not not gonna name any names but there's a few guys who i expected to be here who are not here and i'm a little disappointed not gonna lie uh but anyways we're gonna fish me and alex are gonna take advantage and we're gonna fish our asses off today and really <clears throat> you know try to key in on what the fish are doing and you know i typically try to fish a stretch close but not on the stretch I'm going to be fishing in tournament day so we're kind of because there's really only two stretches to fish here it really doesn't matter so we're going to fish um, the upper stretch right below the dam is probably my favorite of the two Um, but I think the bottom one might be a little less crowded tomorrow We'll, we'll see so I think the initial plan is to fish top today bottom tomorrow but if we do really well here, <clears throat> we might just end up fishing it again. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially the size of this river compared to a lot of other rivers that I fish. But, uh, but yeah, um, you know, as far as like starting out, I'm, you know, I, I can tell you, judging from my past history on this river, and then also you know, talking to different guys and stuff, um, the bait fish bite is kind of dominating right now, the river, um, this river is controlled by that dam, the flow is, and it's, it's not like, you know, bottomed out low, but it's, it's definitely lower than, it's, it's, I wouldn't call it, definitely not call it high, it's, uh, I think it's on its way down too, and this river is very finicky, depending if fish is very finicky depending on the flows so we'll see kind of how the fish are reacting today but you know i'm gonna go to my no surprise uh gonna fish a lot of fluke today and uh i have uh 
a bull shad tied on. Um, one of my strategies, uh, kind of going into this is, is to upsize my bait. You're starting to get into the year later in the summer when these bait fish are getting bigger. And, uh, you know, I will say it's one of the things that kind of had to figure out on this river is there seems to be an increasing number of dinks. Um, so I think upsizing will start, you know, weed some of those dinks out. Um, you know, you have scenarios where you'll have three or four fish around competing for a lure and if you throw something really small um, or like medium size you know a lot of times those smaller fish will out compete the bigger fish are just smaller quicker fish um, whereas if you upsize you know the bigger fish might you know the smaller fish might not be able to um, you know tackle that large of a bait and the bigger fish might win out so it's a little bit of a strategy there upsize uh throwing a full-size bull shad um i'm gonna be throwing a magnum fluke today so i'm gonna experiment with that i don't have a ton of experience with that but i got a hot tip from someone that magnum flukes are doing well so we'll uh we'll kind of see what what it do we'll see what happens and uh really today you know fish hard but, um, you know, really doing a lot of observing today while I'm fishing, not just, you know, if I miss a couple fish, who cares? Oh, sorry. Um, one of the things you'll notice about this river, especially as it, the kind of summer drags on, is, is there's a lot of good habitat in the middle of the river. So you do a lot of kind of bomb cast across the river as you're floating um, and then, you know, what I find is, as the sun kind of starts casting shadows, sometimes those fish will move into the shadows. So kind of mid river stuff where the current is right. And then also, um, fishing, you know, the shade, uh, those are kind of the two things that I look for right now in this river. So anyways, we're going to get out here and, you know, give them hell and uh we're gonna camp out tonight um and i think uh if i remember i'll try to record a little podcast tonight and uh you know let you guys know how practice went and then we'll go uh do a little post tournament action on the way home so see you guys uh here in about eh, 12 hours It is five in the morning on tournament day, baby. Doing uh doing a little little shuttle this morning. We got up, <clears throat> camped out this last night, slept like a friggin' baby. Um it was almost the perfect temperature to sleep at sixty-five degrees out, which was um phenomenal. Um and uh just got up and you know rolled out of the campground we're about 15 minutes away from the uh takeout where we're gonna leave alex's truck um so we're ended we ended up deciding to do the lower 
portion of the section or the, the lower section of the tip canoe um which i have a conflicting thoughts uh and i'll explain why but um that's what we're doing so we take out it's called a river junction it's where tip canoe meets the wabash and then uh <clears throat> we're going up to i think it's state road 18 which is uh the only uh takeout middle midway between the dam and river junction and i want to say this stretch is uh just a tiny bit shorter than the other one the other one's like nine miles but that's kind of a moot point because the both these stretchers are plenty long enough to fish in a tournament day even if you power fish i mean yesterday we got off the water 5 30 or so so we fished almost 12 hours and uh you know we weren't fishing fast but we also weren't fishing slow so if that gives you any idea um practice yesterday was a mixed bag um, mostly I would say, uh, was a mixed bag of shit, but <laughs> we did catch fish. Just that one of the rare times when you go to, to tip a canoe and you don't really nail any, any monsters. Uh, I think our biggest was about 17 and a half. The Alex caught, I had a 16 and a half and a, you know, a couple 15s and then a bunch, a bunch of dinks kind of mixed in. So, um, this river can be very finicky um, and a lot of it is determined by the flow that is being released at the dam and if the flow is going up fishing can just be off the chain uh, if flow is down and they're not releasing any water it can be almost impossible to fish um, and it's, it's somewhat frustrating um, that, you know, you encounter less than ideal conditions. Um, but, you know, it kind of is what it is, right? Everybody's going to be dealing with the same thing. And one of the observations that was made pretty early on um, yesterday was that while, you know, water's low, you kind of expect it to be clear. So it's kind of like a trade-off, right? Like, it's low, but it's clear, so you can kind of throw a finesse type stuff. Well, it was low, and it was like less than 18 inches of visibility yesterday, but it wasn't mud. Some kind of, you know, something suspended in the water. And I ran into, uh, toward the end of the day, ran into Mark Dixon. Shout out to Mark, uh, guiding a couple clients on that upper section he ended up being behind us and we were kind of chit-chatting and um he seems to believe that there's some sort of algae bloom on the lake and that that was what was responsible for making the um water so dirty um so regardless it, it's a tough nut to crack because you know you got low water but you got dirty water and that's like just a weird combination so high and dirty i'm i'm straight like i can i can figure it out i know what to throw i'm confident in it low and dirty i'm like what the hell um so we ended up our most consistent bite was on bottom of course which i hate i hate fishing on bottom 
um, this is my least productive way to fish. I can do it, but uh, it, it just, you know, you can't cover a ton of water and, you know, fishing, we were fishing uh, kind of some smaller profile stuff. Um, I think I was throwing a Helgramite and uh, Alex was throwing like a Nedrig and um, but yeah it was a uh, a tough bite um, but like I said we caught a ton of fish you know probably caught upwards of maybe 60 between the two of us 70 I don't know something like that um, but it's just a lot a lot of small fish and you know we both missed a couple what we think were really good ones um, so it's kind of like well maybe that was just kind of your shot at those big ones and uh, you missed them um, so who knows uh, then you also mix in the fact that <laughs> you know you catch all kinds of species fishing that way we caught smallmouth we caught some largemouth we caught some drum we caught some catfish. I caught a gar. Um, what else did we catch? Oh, Al caught a big carp. Uh, not a not an Asian carp, like a regular common carp. Um, I don't know how many species that is. Oh, and Al caught a walleye. So that's what you get when you go to Tippecanoe. You get a little mixed bag, uh, mixed species. So if that's if that's something you're into. Um, by all means, uh, go to the tip of canoe because there's, I, I've heard different statistics thrown around, uh, but it, suffice to say tip of canoe is supposedly one of the most biologically diverse rivers, uh, not just in Indiana in like the country, maybe even the world. There's a ton of different species. Then you add up all those muscle, freshwater mussels that are, that are in there which is what um, a lot of the uh, protections that have come on that river uh, are from. Uh, it's very diverse. Um, so, anyways, that's, uh, you know, it's kind of how practice went. As far as today goes, um, you know, I'm, I personally am not going to be throwing topwater first thing, um, one because I know everybody else is going to be throwing top water, um, but I kind of have a theory like they'll hit top water, they'll hit a fluke, and it was weird yesterday. The fluke bite was kind of like top water, like it was good for like the first couple hours of the day, and then it just died out. So I'm kind of hoping I can maybe uh, get a quick limit and catch a couple kickers like early on with that fluke, um, and then. Uh, later uh in the day i can move to uh you know uh, something on bottom and start start picking apart high percentage areas let's put it that way so areas that like look really good have some flow nearby um some depth some substrate and like really start slowing down um but there's so much water to fish here you gotta really be careful because you can spend time in productive or unproductive areas um so you gotta really like pick your spots you know figuratively but yet literally pick your spots um and you know just try to uh, not spend time you know when you're fishing like that you kind of have to be like almost like a bass boat right you gotta um, 
you know, fish a spot and then get back on your big motor, your paddle, and, you know, go back, you know, find another really high percentage spot and then fish that. If you just try to fish all day long, like, you're going to catch some fish, but you're also going to spend a lot of time uh, fishing lower percentage areas that aren't, you know, wasting your, your tournament time. So, anyways, um, that's all I have. I, you know, I'm going to see what we got. We got 62 guys signed up for this. Jesus. Um, so it's going to be a packed house. Uh, you know, I tried to think about going upstream of these reservoirs, maybe, you know, try to pull a wild card and go up there and, you know, avoid the crowds. But I think after it's all said and done, um, this river down here is just far superior uh, from a habitat standpoint. So we're gonna we're gonna be fishing uh, this uh, you know the kind of more popular section. Um, the uh, as far as the crowds, one of the, the strategies we're gonna employ, I guess is uh, Alex and I decided that we were going to paddle upstream uh, to um, kind of a really nice boulder field above, right above the takeout. And I, I imagine we'll probably not be the only ones, but, <clears throat> you know, your two schools of thought, right, to, like, either go ahead and sprint ahead and try to get ahead of the crowd, or you kind of hang back, let guys kind of do their thing, and then... Uh, you know, you you fish behind them, and this river really is big enough that you can do that without much trouble. So that's kind of what we're planning on doing. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, practice definitely did not instill much confidence in me, but you know, everybody's gonna be dealing with those same conditions. You gotta always tell yourself that in a tournament. So it's really all it's about is like finding those you know two or three really good fish. Um, and then a couple, you know, nice, nicer mid-sized fish to fill out your limit. So, you know, it's five fish, right? You know, it's five fish. Like, you know, they're, those fish are out there. They're, they're, they're hungry. They're willing to eat. You just got to be the guy to find them. So anyways, we'll see what happens. I'll, uh, probably do a little, little, another little wrap up on the way home and, uh, we'll get, uh, let you guys know how it did. So wish me luck. Bye-bye. All right, so here is the wrap-up of the tournament. Um, I failed to do it on my way home because I performed so poorly that I didn't feel like talking about it. Um, so it is now Thursday, and I'm just now getting around to kind of talking about this. I've kind of made amends with myself, forgiven myself for performing so poorly um, now I can actually, you know, reflect back on it and, you know, kind of think about what didn't go right. Um, in all seriousness, though, I did not do very well. Um, I was one of the um, guys who caught a limit, which a lot of guys can't say that. Um, my limit was pretty piss poor, though. Um, I ended up, let's see here. Actually, I'm going to look at the results just because... I haven't really looked that much since they officially put the results out there. Um, let's see here. 
so standings let's see oh, you can't find that um while i'm looking though um yeah it just i had a good time i mean i didn't um basically just didn't figure out the fish and uh even looking back on them most of the time i can say oh i would have done this or i would have done that and you know i probably would have done you know did better um i honestly don't have any clue uh what i would have done if i could fish that over i i do have a clue what i would have done i just don't think that it would have resulted in a lot more success but anyways i ended up in 18th place out of 70 anglers so you know, I guess some people would consider that respectable. I'm not going to go that far. I think it was pretty bad. Um, I had five fish totaling 68 and a half inches. I had two 14 and a half furs, a 13 and a half, and two 13. So, pretty bad. Um, didn't do much better in practice. Uh, if anything, I did worse. I did have a, a couple 16s during practice, so it wasn't all terrible, but... Um, overall, it was just, man, it was, it was rough. Um, I felt even worse for my, or for my partner, Alex, who, um, he had an 18 and a quarter, really to start the day in the first 45 minutes. And, uh, he was not able to fit, finish out his five fish limit. And, uh, I'm looking out here doing the math. So he had 18 and a quarter and 16 and a half, or 16 and three quarter. If he could have just caught another 13 inches, so let's do the math here. and a half plus 13, 74 and a half. So that would have put him in sixth place. So he would have cut a check because they paid seven places. So, and he fished his ass off, especially the last. If you know the last part stretch, part of that stretch of the river was utter garbage where it empties into the Wabash, and he was fishing his ass off trying to get a 13-incher, and apparently there's a, the river splits. I went left, he went right. He said he caught like 15 fish, and they were all short fish. <laughs> and uh, I thought for sure when I caught him on the other side of that island, it was going to be he was going to have his keeper, but didn't happen. Uh, so Alex... I think this is, you know, it's not his first kayak tournament, it's his first, like, IKA, like, bigger one, and uh, he did a good job. Um, really quick shout-out to the winner. Uh, who I don't know this guy's first name. Uh, let's see here. I think it's Clint Stafford. Maybe not Chad Stafford? I don't know. Hmm. Not sure who that is, honestly. But he had 78 and three quarter inches. He had 19 and a half, 18 and a half. That'll get done on a day like that. Um, and then uh, M Hammer, I'm not sure who that is. Uh, he got second place, had a 19 on the board. And then I do know Chad Howard. Congrats to Chad getting third. Uh, I know he caught like a kind of a last minute 18 incher. Um, and, uh, you know, the guy's always out there grinding. And then Jim Orr got fourth. Aiden, no surprise, got fifth. Um, Aiden uh, always does well. Um, and then we got 
I'm not sure. I think it's Aaron Wilson, maybe. And then Jim Strunk finish out number seven. So Mr. Grubby himself getting number seven. Um, here's my thoughts on the tournament. I, 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 I'm going to go to bed here soon, so I'm going to make this quick. But the fish in the Tippecanoe River in general, or the fish in the Tippecanoe, is just it's very, very temperamental. And I probably have said this before but it just is really temperamental and when the big fish kind of aren't like being aggressive um it seems like all those fish move into the middle of the river and they just blend in you know if you've been on tip canoe the the substrate is really good throughout the entire river so it's hard to like pinpoint where those fish go because they just get out into the middle of the river and they just like sit on that those rocks and the only way to catch them is to weed through the hundreds of thousands of you know 11 to 12 to 13 inch fish in the middle of the river and honestly I know I talked to some of the guys that did well they just literally fish mid-river all day long with a ned rig or a tube or something and that's probably what, if I could do it all over again, that's what I would do. I would fish mid-river all day um, in the middle of the river with something on bottom. And I did do that some, but God dang, that's boring. And that we did have a little bit of a morning bite where they were hitting the fluke, and I did catch one of my 14 and a halves on a fluke first thing. Missed a couple decent fish. Um, and then I missed one absolute giant it was a 20 plus if i've ever seen one turned it sideways and you know just didn't get a hook in them so that was about an hour into the day and that pretty much did me in uh i did fish hard the rest of the day but god just just couldn't you know squeaked out another 14 and a half and you know man it just wasn't meant to be it's one of those times where i just struggled um like i said those fish get in the middle of the river and it's like there's no way to like target them. Now, I will say this. Guys that know that river super well can find spots in the middle of the river that are different than other spots. And they can sit on them and catch those fish. I don't know it that well. It's an hour and 45 minutes away from me. So, I just don't go there enough. And I don't bring sonar. So, I don't really know what where those spots are. So... You know, it's just one of those things that, um, you know, I'm just going to have to, over the years, kind of learn it better. I'm going to have to go out with guys who do know it and find some spots like that because, you know, same thing happened last year pretty much. Those fish got in the middle of the river and you just got to fish mid-river all day. And then at that point, it's kind of luck of the draw. And, you know, I'm not putting down anybody's finishes that did well. But I, I bet you those guys would tell you the same thing. Like they were fishing in the middle of the river all day and just happened to hook into a nice one. And um, that makes it hard for guys who, you know, are, are good fishermen to like separate themselves just because you're like stuck fishing for all those mid-river fish. And like I said, I mean, there are guys specifically guys that guide on that river that know spots have guided on it for you know a couple decades and they can oh yeah big fish hang out right here and 
sit there and fish a spot for, you know, 45 minutes. And I just don't know where the spots are on Sugar Creek or even Flat Rock or White River. I know those spots. Um, this Tippecanoe, I do not. So anyways, uh, you know, that was my tournament. I, you know, I do those, these podcasts for ones I do well in, and, you know, I, I'm obligated to do the ones and publish them that I didn't do well in. With that said, I had a great time. Me and Alex had a good time hanging out, um, you know, camped out and just, you know, got away for a weekend and it was really fun, but result wise, it, it wasn't great. Now, on another note, the White River Tournament, as you all know, is next week. And I was out yesterday and uh, did some practice run. And I did pretty good. Um, encountered some dirty water, which I like. And fished very haphazardly just to kind of see what the fish are doing. And I had a very sloppy 85 inches could have had, you know, probably more like what I finished last year, 87, 88 inches. I fully anticipate doing well in that tournament this year, no matter what conditions arise. So watch out, you boys. I'm coming, coming for that White River Gold. So anyways, that's all I got. Um, I know we haven't done a traditional Chris and I episode. I promise you one's coming soon. Uh, but until next time, free the fighter.